Get Adventures, everybody. I'm Melissa Bonzak, and welcome to episode 34 of Books Cubed, the show where I chat with the indie authors that you should be reading. It is June 20th, 2019, and I'm dying to know what you're reading. So when you're done listening, drop down into the comments and let me know. So let's see, what am I reading? I am finishing up Empty Bodies by Zach Bohannon. It is a really good zombie series. And uh, I can't wait to talk to him about it when I'm done with the books. He was on the show oh, a couple months ago, and uh, I meant to, it was a group show, and I meant to, one person had to leave early, and I meant to chat with Zach about Empty Bodies because I had read the first book. And I, when the first person left, I'm like, okay, bye, everybody. Oh, what an idiot. Anyway, so I'm going to have him back on later. And I'm also listening to uh, the Vampire series with Cecilia Mecca. These are my books that I uh, listen to when I'm out walking my dog. And thank goodness that I'm walking the dog. I used to go out and, um, and uh, read with a paperback while I was walking her. And I would slowly veer into traffic because... I don't know, that's what you do when you're reading a book and walking in public, which you shouldn't do. So I thought, okay, so if I'm listening to an audiobook, the dog is going to walk along the grass and guide me. Probably, I'll be safe. No, my 18-year-old dog has decided that every time I start to veer out into the middle of the road, now mind you, I'm listening to a book, not reading one, and I'm still doing this, uh, she thinks that we're turning around to go home. She's 18 and she doesn't want to go for a big walk anymore. We used to walk mile and a half, two miles, a couple times a day. And she's just decided in the last couple months that that's not for her anymore. So, um, oh well, you know, I mean, I don't want to push her. You know, she's 18 and she's in pretty good shape for an 18 year old dog. So anyway, so my, uh, I don't have much time um, by myself. I'm around people like all day long. So uh, when I listen to audiobooks, they get mad at me because I'll say, hang on, and I'll get my phone out and I'll pause it. <laughs> okay, I guess I should be paying attention to the people around me, but uh, sometimes the audiobook is a little more interesting. Don't tell anybody the people, don't tell the people that I'm hanging around with. Okay, so uh, like I said, I'm listening to those ones. They are very good. And I'm going to have Cecilia Mack on the show next week. So uh, you'll like that one. Uh, the ebooks that I am listening to, are uh, ebooks that I'm listening to. Oh, what am I? I just can't talk today. Um, I've been in this office too long, and like I say every week, it is so hot in here. Eventually, I'm going to figure out a better place to uh, hang out while I'm working. And it's just this is like the hottest room in the house. And maybe when it cools down, I can go out into the patio and work. I don't know. I, it's a pretty quiet area. There's not a lot of noise, so I might be okay out there. So the ebooks that I'm reading right now are Sins of the Angel by Lydia Hawk and Shockwave by Lindsay Baroker. Both are good so far. So uh, I'll tell you more as I get farther into them. This week on the show, I have got Jamie Albright, who is a best-selling romance author. You will love this show. She's a lot of energy. Her books are a lot of fun, very fast-paced. Uh, um, I, I'm still learning a difference between the different types of romance, so I'm not going to say anything about, I know there's sweet romance and there's um, other kinds, uh, but I, I'm still learning all those things, so I don't want to uh, accidentally put her in a category she isn't. So uh, anyway, let's get right to the interview with her, and I will see you after. Hi, welcome Jamie Albright. Uh, let me read your bio real quick. Hi. Sure. Jamie Albright is born and raised Texas girl and is a multiple award-winning author of the Brides on the Run series, which is a lot of fun. It's a fun, snarky, uh, sexy, laugh-out-loud good time, and it is. If you don't snort with laughter, she hasn't done her job. She's also a wife, mother, and an actress-comedian. She used to think she could sing until someone paid her to stop. She took their money and kept on singing. Jamie loves her family, all things Outlander, and puppies make her stupid happy. She can be found on Sundays during football season, go Packers, watching her beloved Texas, Houston, Texas, Texans, Texans. and trying not to let them break her heart. Oh, I know. I can never say uh, that correctly. Yes. And, um, they don't play in the Packers, um, whatever you call it. Division. Division. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I have no mind. They don't play in the Packers division, so... I don't see them all the time. Yeah. 
Yeah. Is is JJ still with the Texans? He's still with the Texans. They paid him a lot of money. His second, what a great his, guy. He, he's a great guy. He's a great guy. And they paid him a lot of money right at the end of his first season. So he's not going anywhere. Yeah, JJ, JJ Watt, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. He I just, remember, was it after uh, there was some disaster and he really stepped up? Harvey. Uh, Hurricane Harvey with all the flooding here in Houston. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He uh, did. He's amazing. And hearts broke all over the world about two months ago because he got engaged. So, yeah. Oh, yes. did he? I, yes. I couldn't tell you what he looked like. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. but but I, I know the name and he just comes across as a really great guy. Okay, so we're going to talk about your Brides on the Run series, yes. which I've been reading. It is a lot of fun. Everybody, the links are in the show notes. So oh, wait till the show's over. Jump down to look at them. Are they still on um, Kindle Unlimited? Yes, they're still in Kindle Unlimited. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so everybody, they're in Kindle Unlimited. You can get all of them, all three, and just burn right through them. And uh, you're going to go ahead and read from one of them to start us yeah. off? Yep. I'm going to read uh, from Running from a Rockstar. That's the first book in the series. And hopefully my dog does not start barking. So. Oh, that's okay. Bring them in if they do. Okay. All right. Um, I'll just read it right here. Light seared through Scarlet Kelly's eyelids. She buried her face in the cool pillow to block the glare. But even that slight movement caused an explosion of agony. Pain and nausea crashed into her like a train on fire. After several minutes of panting through her symptoms, the misery subsided long enough for her to peel open her dry, sticky eyes. Her conservative dress and equally unadventurous bra stared at her from a condemning puddle on the floor. Stomach tight, she slid her gaze slightly farther to the right to identify the black pile in her peripheral vision. A motorcycle jacket, combat boots, black jeans, and a guitar? Yes, a beat-up guitar leaned against the wall on the far side of the room, and poker chips littered the carpet like crushed confetti after a wild party. What the? Suddenly, something warm cupped her naked breast. She peered down at a large hand connected to a tattooed arm connected to a, oh my lord. She rotated her head and and a stifled gasp jammed in her throat as she stared into the sleeping face of the man who shared the bed. Gavin Bain, a thrill skittered through her. The sunlight shone on his raven hair, his smooth bronze skin, his fascinating tattoos. Bam, a memory surfaced through her muddled brain. She traced the lines of one of those tattoos, the ninja star on his chest. She touched, then kissed her way. Oh my Lord. Had she done that with this rock guard? She, Scarlett Kelly, children's author and poster girl for Responsible Living, had had sex with Gavin Bain. Gavin Bain, the rock star, AKA the delinquent. Her brain tried to piece together the previous night. She rarely drank and certainly not to excess. Even during the worst time in her life, alcohol hadn't been involved. An acute case of bedhead made pushing her red curls from her face a painful challenge. Why had she drunk so much? It all came back to her in flashes of utter dismay. The Children's Writers Conference in Las Vegas, nervous anticipation of signing the contract that would save her family financially, that dream blowing up in her face. Then the added humiliation of overhearing herself described as the no-fun nun. She'd shown them, look at her now, naked in a strange man's bed, the absolute picture of wholesomeness. I've got to get out of here. She held her breath and she removed his hand. What she held her breath as she removed his hand and slid from the bed. Moving unsteadily due to her pounding head and sour stomach, she reached for her clothes, careful to be as quiet as possible. The purse, bra, dress, and boots were easy, but where were her panties? The panic attack threatened and her whole body trembled. Could she have removed her underwear before she got to the room? If so, she hoped that was a memory she never recovered. She gave up on the lost undies and headed for the bathroom. Lord, she needed to pee, but after a prolonged study of the toilet, decided it would be too loud and leaving an unflushed toilet was just bad manners. Even though she had become, by all appearances, slutty McSlut-Slut, she couldn't bring herself to be impolite, so she dressed as fast as her shaking hands allowed. 
The reflection in the mirror caught her eye, and the blood pounding through her veins turned to ice. Her head jerked toward her image so fast her brain vibrated. For the briefest of seconds, she saw her mother. A tiny whisper, a tiny whimper cut through the silence. She, she had she grinned, excuse me, a tiny whimper cut through the surface, silence, and she ran trembling fingers over her face. People always said she looked like her mother, but now, while walk, making the walk of shame, the resemblance was uncanny. The mantra she'd been replaced, repeating her whole life reverberated in her head. I am not my mother. I am not my mother. I am not my mother. She grabbed her purse and fled the pristine bathroom. A cool breeze from the air conditioner drifted up her dress and skimmed her bare bottom. She didn't ever go commando. Too, too much freedom. Restrictions were safe. Without restraint, a girl could find herself hungover, pantyless, and on the verge of a nervous breakdown while covertly fleeing a rock star's hotel room. Oh wait, that already happened. She glanced at the door, nine feet, and she'd be free of this disaster. Logic screamed escape, compulsion kept her rooted to the spot, and it became imperative that she find her underwear. I cannot leave without them. Where could one pair of basic white panties hide? The chandelier was blessedly free of them, nothing on the drapery rod, but a photo on the desk made life as she know it come to a screeching halt. A gaudy card cardboard frame held a picture of her and Gavin under a red neon heart, the Valentine Wedding Chapel of Love spelled out in rhinestones around the border's frame. It couldn't possibly mean what she thought it did. No. Next to the picture, the condemning proof, a marriage license issued by the state of Nevada signed by Gavin Michael Bain and Scarlet Rose Kelly. Her vision blurred, causing the letters on the certificate to dance like cartoon characters. She grabbed her arms around her middle. She wrapped her arms around her middle and glanced back at the gorgeous man sleeping in the bed. A wave of vertigo slammed into her along with the memory. She told him she'd only have sex with her husband. With shaking hands, she grabbed the evidence of their reckless night and shoved it into her purse. While her hard-won reputation exploded into a million pieces, her inner wild child made a victory lap around the room. If that hussy had been driving the bus last night, then she was the reason for this catastrophe. How could she have been so irresponsible? What was she going to do? No good answer for the first question, but she knew the response to the second. Find the panties and get the heck out of Las Vegas. She dug through the comforter at the foot of the bed. She kicked at a pile of his clothes. She checked under his guitar. Nothing, nothing, nothing. They had to be under the bed. Crap. Not, not interested in waking the delinquent, she cautiously made her way to his side and quietly lowered herself to the floor, ignoring the sweet smile he had on his face while he slept. The white material peeked out between the headboard and the mattress. Hallelujah. She reached in and yanked them free. All the, all the extra mo movement pounded dizzying pain to her to her skull. She bent forward and rested her head on the soft carpet and waited for the room to stop spinning. Are you praying? Asked a sleepy male voice. She squeaked then slowly turned her head without lifting it from the carpet. Amusement sparkled in Gavin's smoky gray eyes. Yes, I'm praying you're a very bad dream. He rolled his eyes as if that could be true. Good one. Why are you really on the floor? I, um, I, the marriage certificate hidden in her purse and the cacophony of self-condemning thoughts made it hard to focus. Suspicion darkened her face, his face. What are you hiding under the bed? Is there a recording device under there? Are you serious? He leveled her with a deadly glare. There was no trace of the formerly amused man. Actually, there's a, there's a reporter from TMZ under here. Would you like to say hello? When his features went from thunderous she knew, went from dark to thunderous. She knew she'd made a critical error with the sarcasm. I was just um, looking for something. She forced herself to meet his eyes. Looking for what? Titanium coated every word and drilled into her hungover brain. Time to go. She scrambled to her feet. An increased heart rate combined with the residual alcohol pumping through her system made the room spin. She swayed, toppled cheek first into the to the side of the dresser, dropping the panties in the process. Ouch! She covered her face with her hands. Sheets rustled and suddenly he was in front of her. Shit, are you okay? 
She slowly lowered her hands and hot mother of a freaking cow, a very naked Gavin squatted in front of her with all his dangly bits, well, dangling. Fine, thanks. That's it. That was the best she could come up with, with a gorgeous naked man in front of her. So much for clever repartee. She honestly did try to keep her eyes above, the sh above his shoulders, but come on. This was her last chance to see a rock god in all his tattooed naked glory. One peek, then she rose unsteadily to her feet. It was nice to um, meet you, but I should go. She inched toward the door. Wait, you're not going anywhere until I have some answers. He made a grab for her. Fear and adrenaline lit her up like a rocket. She forgot her energy. She forgot her injury, made an evasive move, and sprinted to get away. When she got to the door, she glanced over her shoulder. Gavin hopped on one foot, trying to yank on his jeans. The last, saw she, the last thing she saw was her husband as he fell tangled, legs tangled in the fabric of his jeans. She bolted down the hallway toward the elevator. Come on, come on, come on. She jammed the down button repeatedly. A small logical part of her brain, not currently recovering from near alcohol poisoning, wondered what she hoped to accomplish by running. But the larger, wholly irrational part of her psyche screamed, married, I'm freaking married. Um, I've got to get out of here. Hang on. The indicator bell dinged. Stop. Don't, hang on. Uh, married, I'm freaking married. I've got to get out of here. Gavin stumbled from the room into the hall, still struggling with his jeans. There, they were over his hips, but not buttoned. He strode down the hall toward her. The indicator bell dinged. Stop. Do not get on that elevator. The sight of him stole the air from her body. Magnificent. Scary as hell, but totally, completely magnificent. For a crazy instant, she almost complied, but then the door slid open and broke the spell. She lunged forward, but relief made her clumsy. She tumbled head over heels in the, into the elevator, dress flying over her head as the door slid shut. Great. She just mooned her husband. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's so great. I have and, this uh, third great thing about reading out loud. I get yeah. the... <laughs> Oh, I know. You know, it's hard to do. Um, even if you do it a lot, you still, yeah. it's still really easy to stumble yeah. or get so caught up in the story, you forget that you're reading out loud. Right. Which sometimes exactly. Do. <laughs> exactly. Well, and then I, I got the, um, your computer's about to die thing and I had plugged it in, oh. but realized it had come undone. And that's, that's where I lost my place. I had to replug it in. <laughs> okay. You're all plugged back in now. I'm back. I'm back. Okay, good, good. Okay. I love I love the whole setup of this of this series. You know, it's you. a woman gets accidentally married. Is it just women or is it a guy ever that gets accidentally uh, married? No, it's just women. Well, she she they're at, they both are accidentally married. Um, and then in the other two, they actually are just running from the wedding. They never get married. They uh, they run. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not that far for the at second. At various at various stages in the wedding, they run. So yeah. And yeah. Nice. And they, how many? Um. How many? Boy, there's a, there's like five hundred and something reviews, reviews. for yeah. the first book. Like yeah. three hundred and something for the second. I'd want to say one hundred and fifty for the third. Something, something like, like that. Yeah. Maybe yeah. one hundred thirty actually. Yeah. 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 So yeah. So it's a nice. It's a nice follow through. So people are going from the first book to yeah. the third, which is nice. Yeah. And lots of great positive reviews. Thank and, you. And uh, it's, it's just, a, it's a fun series. So where, where did this come from? Did this happen uh, to you? No. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> but, um, I, the way I started writing, I didn't write until I was 47. And I had been reading a lot of romance, a lot of romantic comedy. I had a friend and she was my reading buddy and we shared a lot of books. And so, um, we decided that, I mean, I decided I would write her a book for her birthday because uh, I had three months. Well, how, why couldn't I do it in three months? <laughs> so stupid. And, uh, but I had never written before because I had really bad grammar. And so I was always worried about that. But when I was doing it, something for her, I knew she wouldn't care about that. She just, you know, it would just be the spirit of the, you know, what we were involved in. And so I wrote myself in a corner really fast with that story, but I told, so I didn't get very far at all, but I told her what I had thought I would do. And she was like, well, you absolutely have to do it. So we sort of brainstormed this rock star 
book um, a little bit. And basically what I was trying to do is kind of a fish out of water situation where you put two people together in each other's lives where they don't fit at all. And certainly he doesn't fit in small town, Texas, which the story is set mostly set in. So, um, so that's how it came to be. And then yeah. I knew with the second book, the character, and I knew she was going to be a runaway bride, but it wasn't until I started writing her story because I didn't put this one out. As soon as I finished it, I waited. I knew that I was going to do a runaway bride series then because they were both runaway brides. They're just different ways. So yeah. So that's how. Yeah. It's fun. And I really like, I think I really like the fish out of water story element. That's one of my, yeah. that's one of my favorite things. That's probably what drew me to it uh, in yeah. the first place. Yeah. So it took you, you didn't do it in the three months, but you mm -hmm. did it in, uh, well, how long did it take? Is it is the is the Runaway Bride the first one? Is that the one that you wrote for your friend? No, it's no, it's not the one I started for my friend, but it's the one. I, it's the first book I've written, like full book I've written. Um, so I started it right after that, and I worked on it for about a year. You know, I got maybe thirty thousand words in. You know, not very much. And um, then my computer crashed, and I thought, well. I'm done. I mean, I lost it. We could, we tried to retrieve it and I couldn't, but I'm like, I'm not a, I'm not a writer. I mean, it was fine, but I'm not a writer. So I, um, just kind of put it out of my head. I think about it, but I didn't, you know, it's just, I had 30,000 words that just seemed like so much to go back and redo. So I, um, turned 50 and I was telling my family, the only thing I really regret is that I never finished that book. And a few months later, my daughter came in and said, mom, I think I, I think your book is on this flash drive that I found in my car. I have no idea why I was in a car. And it was about 20,000 words of the 30,000 that I had written for Rockstar. Wow. So I pulled it out. I dusted it off. I started working on it again. I, I joined Romance Writers of America and for about five months, just talked about writing because, you know, a lot of new writers, they talk a lot about writing. And then, um, but then I went to a critique group and let me tell you, they kicked my butt for six months. I mean, every two weeks I would go in and they would just pull the thing apart. And I would, you know, one week I got hit for sentence fragments. So I, I, I thought I cleaned those up and then I got hit for run on sentences the next time that week I cried because I was like, I can't do this, but it was just mostly grammar stuff. And I didn't, I know how to tell a story because I, I am an actor and I, I did do comedy. And so I know how a story should flow. I mean, it has to have a beginning, a middle and an end. And, um, but I didn't know how to write that. I didn't know how to put it down. So they really helped me to write it. And six months after I joined that, critique group I won my first contest with this book in a romance writer of America contest wow so, yeah, so they, they, they really, really helped them they they really write, critique groups are fantastic if they can be they can be yeah, yeah. if, if everyone's comments. critiquing and they give you a good critique I mean yeah. I've been involved yeah. in some that and were right I mean they were really yeah. hard on me but they were also really encouraging I mean and so it was like boot camp I mean it was writing boot camp i really had to um, just kind of buckle in and put my ego aside. And it was, kind of, that part wasn't hard because I knew I didn't know what I was doing. I think that, that I had the advantage there because I think a lot of people who, who've written their whole life or who've always wanted to be a writer, they do struggle with that maybe a little more than I would have because I knew I didn't know what I wanted. I knew I didn't know anything. And when you don't know anything, that puts you in a really good place. So. Um, Yes. Yeah, so, you, so you've got the three books. Mm -hmm. So I got the three books and I finished this one, the first book in um, like May of 2015, but no, 2016, 2016, but I waited to put it out for a year. So, because I was trying to get the second book written, plus I just spent a year learning indie publishing and how mm -hmm. it works. And then, um, because I wanted it to be as good as it could be, I wanted good editing and I wanted a great cover and those things cost money. And so it took me a while to save up to, you know, pay for those things. So that's why. Okay. So you've got the three, 
Um, mm -hmm. Will there be a fourth soon? The fourth comes out in Ju July. It's it my editor on Friday, my final editor. Oh, so how long does it take you now after five, um, almost five years? How long does it take you now to knock one out? Six or seven months. So I'm not a rapid release person. Uh, and in fact, there was a year between book two and book three, but that was, that was, there were kind of some extenuating circumstances. I actually wrote about 50,000 words of a book that I had to throw out because it really wasn't salvageable. It wasn't good. I was a little depressed. And so, um, but then once I kind of got back in it, it took me six months to get the other one out. And then it's taken me about that long. You know, when you take off the holidays and then we had to be gone for some period, of, you know, if I add up all the time, it's between yeah. six and seven months. Yeah. So how far do you, how many books do you think will end up in this series? The, the fourth one, the one coming out, uh, it is running after a heartbreaker. It will be the last one in this series. So um, I, I think <laughs> I keep saying that for right now it is because there are only so many ways to run away from a wedding, you know, and yeah, yeah. And that's sort of <laughs> well, until you don't look like a jerk, you know, I mean, yeah. because um, right now I've, I, I'm fairly sure I've been made them sympathetic enough that the readers don't hate them. But at some point you become a jerk if you're just running away from wedding. And so, um, so the next book I have planned is just a standalone. It's a small town romance, sports romance, standalone. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So you got yourself so that you went from taking over a year to write a mm -hmm. book down to the six months. Mm -hmm. As a writer, what would you say is that one thing? What is that kryptonite that totally will keep you from getting in front of your computer? Um, insecurity, big time insecurity, because I didn't grow up writing. And because <clears throat> my critique partners were so um, instrumental in helping me like learn to write. Um, and I don't, we're not, we're still friends, but we're not doing that anymore, mostly because I changed the rules. Um, they don't, they're not publishing like I am to, to really make a living. And so that, that makes it a different thing. I need, I need a faster help, I guess is the best way to say it. Yeah. Even though, <clears throat> even though I put a book out every six months or seven months, I still need faster help than, you know, say taking a year to write a book. Um, so there's insecurity on my part because now it's pretty much up to me. I mean, I, I have used story editors, for the last two books because it just helped me and get, gave me a little more confidence. Um, and then the second thing is just procrastination. I'm a huge procrastinator, but I think it, I think it goes back to the insecurity thing. Like if I get stuck in a plot um, and I don't know what comes next, I panic. And then I'm like, it's like a black hole. I can't see in it. So what I've learned to do is just skip forward or go to where I know what's going to happen and write right from there. And then I can come back and fill in the other part, which I didn't think I would ever be able to do. But this fourth book uh, is exactly what I did. I wrote to about 20,000 words. And then I was kind of, I wasn't sure what was going to happen next, but I knew what the midpoint was. And I knew mid the midpoint to the end. So I wrote the midpoint to the end. And then when I came back, it was actually easier to fill in that part because I knew what I already knew what had happened in the story. Oh, that's a really I, good idea. I don't that's know good. that I'll do that again, but it, it worked with this one. So we'll see. But mm. that's, so it is all about, for me, insecurity. You know, can I really trust myself? Can I really trust that? Like, if I was going to tell you the story, I would be more than, I mean, I would be completely comfortable telling you the story and standing up in front of people telling the story. Yeah. But it's writing it down. Like, have I done it correctly? Have I done it the best I can do it? And that, that does kind of get in my way a little bit. Yeah. yeah so, so if you could go back to the beginning when you were first starting, mm -hmm. besides telling yourself to trust yourself, is yeah, there anything yeah. else that you would tell yourself the younger you as you're starting writing? Uh, as I'm starting writing? Yeah. If you're starting, would, besides telling yourself to trust yourself and just yeah. get the words out and be okay. Is there anything right. else that you would say? Yeah, I, um, there's this great book called Write Naked by Jennifer ah, Probst. It's I've, such I've, a great book. It's, a, it's on writing. Jennifer's a, uh, she's a USA Today, New York Times bestseller, but it's, it's a writing book and it 
really is so good. But in there, she, um, she says that, um, she quotes Susan Elizabeth Phillips, who is a very famous romantic comedy romance writer, my hero. Uh, the, her, I read all her books. She's the reason I wanted to write romantic comedy. But she said, she asked uh, Susan what, if she could give her younger self any uh, advice. And she said, I would have given myself more permi permission to suck more. Like, because what happens in this, you know, this happened to me, it happens to me all the time, is that you're writing, and while you think you're not self-editing, you are self-editing. And, and if you get caught up in that, then you can't go forward. And you just are, that paralyzes you, again, with the insecurity. So I have a sticky note that I keep right next yeah, to my... Like yeah. <laughs> it so says, my if you're computer. listening on the blog and you're not watching, it yes. says you have permission to suck. And that's fantastic. If you're a writer, yeah. you need to have that on right. your board where you can see right. it. That's a, I that's keep it right next to my computer quote. because when I was writing the first draft of this fourth book, I, I would get stuck and I would go, you know, I'm telling too much or I'm, you know, uh, I've got too many, you know, ING words or whatever. And then I would just see that and go, yeah, permission to second. Okay. And I would just keep writing. And that's what really why I think I was able to finish the book in, in the way, the way I did. Um, because I, I also do believe that I can fix it. Um, and so that I know that sounds weird when I talk about my insecurity, but I've had now three books that I know sucked by the time I finished the first draft and I fixed all of them. And so I do know I can fix it. It just may take me a long time. That's the problem. Yeah. Do you, are you one of those people that likes revision? That's my favorite part is getting is that, that down and going back and revising because yeah. the revising is just, oh, oh, I can fix this. I can fix yeah. that. It just goes yeah. so fast. But do you I like writing the first draft I like draft the first better? draft. Yeah. I like to just get it out. I like to just tell the story. I think if I had, um, if I didn't feel like I had this time constraint, you know, because in indie publishing, you know, publishing fast, which please, I've already, that ship has sailed. I mean, that is not happening for me. I don't know why I put so much pressure on myself, but I, I always feel like, oh, I just got, I've got to get it done. And I feel like I could, um, if I didn't have that mindset, I could maybe dig deeper into revisions and enjoy it more. Um, I do revise really heavily but I'm fairly stressed out the whole time I'm doing it. And I, I need to get better at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, 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 revision punches all my buttons. It's all the insecurity buttons. You know, like I can, I can vomit a story out and it's going to be somewhat cohesive, but, you know, really making it look like a book that an actual author who gets paid to write, making it look like that takes a lot of effort and it, it makes me nervous that I haven't done it well. Yeah. Well, you know, I think I, I heard a, a quote, something like only like two or 3% of people ever sit down to write a book. And of those only like 1% yeah. ever finish it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so, you know, you got to think about that and you've done three, Yeah. you know, exactly. so, and then you had a, a, a story in a collection. Uh, no, I, uh, under Jamie Albright or, I, no, under a different name, I wrote a, um, oh, yes, I did. I yeah, had there was something else on here, yeah, yeah that I saw. 11 authors, and we all wrote one story. That's so right, yeah. It was pretty interesting. And actually, that book's gotten reviewed really, really well. So It was. was it, when your name, yeah. if you if you uh, go to Amazon, everybody yeah. will have a link in the show notes. You will see that book also. And I was reading the little blurb about it. it sounds really good. Yeah, it's a cute, so. it's a very, very cute, fun story. Um, kind of New Year's Eve and it's set it, there are all these New Year resol New Year's resolutions and but yeah 11 of us we each wrote a couple of the chapters and the editor said she she had a very hard time seeing where one in one person ended and the other began oh, so nice. we worked were you really all, hard yeah were you all handpicked for this uh, well we were yeah I was I was asked I think there were two or three that decided they wanted to try to do it and um I was in a group with some other romantic comedy writers. And so we all just kind of decided to do so it. So similar style then, mm -hmm. but, but similar, also, yeah. yeah, I'll have to check that one out yeah. too. Cause yeah. it, I, I like the blurb, the way it read and, yeah. and 
it, it sounded a lot of fun. Now I met, um, if, uh, I think everybody listening, uh, a couple of months ago, I talked, what month is it, June? Okay, so last month I went off to Chicago in the beginning of the month for the Sell More Books show. I always forget to put the S on the L of yeah. that last word. Anyway, the Sell More Books show in my yeah. favorite city, Chicago, and uh, my friend Lori and I got to go see the Cubs. It was so great. It was great the whole week, walking around in T-shirts, yeah. almost shorts, but it was cold inside the building a little. Then yeah. the night of the game was the Monday night after the conference, and it was so wow. freezing. I had to buy a scarf and then I sat in one of those seats. We had great seats, like right behind home plate. Mm-hmm. Sat in the seat, it was so cold, I had to go buy a blanket. Then I had oh to carry God. it on the plane. Yeah. So I've yeah. got my this big old bulky blanket because <laughs> I paid 50 bucks for it. Yeah, I wasn't leaving it. it. No. But anyway, yeah. it was my first writing conference. And mm-hmm. it, I don't know, it wasn't that expensive. But for someone who doesn't have a lot of money, it kind of was expensive, but yeah. it was like the best money I ever spent because I met so many great writers and I've been featuring a lot of them on the show here. I had a great time. I learned so much. It was like in the last couple of years, it's the best money I've spent on, yeah. on, on myself as a writer. Mm-hmm. And how about, and you were a speaker there. So that's where I was getting to Jamie's a speaker and yeah. she was so funny. And I, as soon as she started talking and I'm Googling her book, <gasps> You know, and trying not to read as she's yeah. talking at the same time and to take notes at the same time. And that, that's what keeps getting me is I, I find a book and I just want to sit and read. Yeah. And I'm not paying attention to anybody else. It's really yeah. bad. So that for me was, was a, a great um, amount of money, a great mm-hmm. thing that I, I spent on myself. So yeah. as you as a writer, mm-hmm. what have you spent money on that really was the best money that you feel like you've spent as a writer? Oh, well, that's definitely hands down. Um, when I paid to go to the Smarter Artist Summit in May of 2016. That's um, in Austin with... Uh, that's, that was in Austin with the uh, Sterling and Stone uh, yeah. guys, Johnny, Johnny Beecher, Sean, and Dave. Um, and so, yeah, I had, I had put a book out in, under another name with, a, with one of my critique partners, and we put it out in December of 2015, and we're like, okay, who's going to buy our books? And nobody did because nobody knew it was there except our family and friends. And I was like, and we, we indie published, uh, my critique partner had been traditionally published up to that point, but we decided to indie publish it because we, we knew we weren't going to make a whole lot of money on it. And I thought, well, if I'm only going to make $4 and 50 cents, I want my $4 and 50 cents. Like I don't want to have to share that with a publisher. So, um, but I had, I mean, I I was talking to a friend and I said, how do you get your book seen? I I cannot even imagine how you do that. And she suggested I listen to the Sell More Book Show podcast, which had never listened to a podcast in my life. I had to figure out how to do that. And then, um, but on that podcast, they talked about the self-publishing podcast guys and they were doing crazy things at the time, you know, like writing a book from conception to publication in a month. I thought that was one of those, I was yeah. sponsored that yeah. so I could yeah. follow along. That was fun. Yeah. It was fun. And they, yeah. and people are doing that now all the time, but at the time they were really and truly some of the first to do stuff like that. And so then just a couple of weeks after I started listening, they said they were having a, a summit, the smart artist summit in May. And I was telling my husband, I said, I really think, and it's in Austin, which is only a two hour drive for me, two and a half hours. I was like, I think I should go. And my husband's like, yeah, that, oh, how are we going to pay for it? And I was like, oh yeah. Mm. And he, w- he wasn't saying I couldn't go. He was just saying like, we got to figure out if you're going to do this, it's Christmas. And you know, we got kids in college. I mean, how are we going to do this? So I was like, yeah, you know, I should wait until I have a book out. to to go to one of these things. So we go to Christmas at my mom's and we come back and I have uh, an email with the speakers on it. And one of the speakers for the Smarter Artist Summit was Julia Kent, who I, um, she writes romantic comedy like me. I had never read her, but it was my sign from God that I was supposed to go to that conference. So I had gotten a mileage. When I got home from my mother's, it was a mileage check waiting for me that I had forgotten I was getting. And I returned all my Christmas presents and I paid the $500 for that ticket. And it is the best $500 I've ever spent in my life ever because it, first of all, it put me in a, in a community of people that are doing amazing things. And second of all, 
it connected me with some of those people on a level that has just, I mean, they're still my friends. I mean, two of them I have lunch with at least once a week. And, um, but, and the thing is, it wasn't like, like while I met Julia and she was wonderful and she has helped me, um, given me advice or shared my book or whatever. It wasn't that I met just a lot of romance writers. I just met people like me who were wanting to make a living doing this and they were willing to do whatever anybody told them to do to make it work. I mean, you know, legally and ethically. And uh, so, um, and that's huge. I mean, you can't put a, you cannot put a price on that. And then it's motivating when you see some of those people doing these amazing things and you're like, Oh wait, we all know the same thing. I can do those amazing things. And so, um, yeah, so it's that really and truly best money I ever spent. And that's why when I was there, the advice I got was wait a year to publish the next book wait until you have three books ready. I didn't, I had two written. The third one really needed to be revised, but um, I still waited. And, you know, again, I had to figure out how I was gonna pay for my edits and how I was gonna get a cover. And because my covers are, you know, professionally done. They're very- um, I was just gonna say, they're really nice. They're very yeah, they're eye really cute. I love them. And um, so that costs money. And I didn't have any money. I mean, like I said, we had two kids in college. I was paying for a wedding. And so um, I, I said this in my speech, but I sold plasma to pay for my edits because for three months I went to the plasma donation place and I sold plasma because that was the only way my edits were getting done. So does that pay well? Uh, you know, yeah, it did. It, it paid like 70 a week. Wow. So, I mean, you know, you're there for several hours, but I, I can't really remember because it was a couple of years ago, but in some weeks you'd get paid more if they needed, if they had like a decrease in the number of people donating or whatever, yeah. or if you came every time you were scheduled to come, because you can go twice a week, if you came every time you get a little bonus at the end of the month. But yeah, so, I mean, my, my edits were $400, over, a little over $400. So that paid for all of them. I had a little bit left over to run a couple of small promos when I launched my book. Yeah. So it was, it was, I mean, it's just sort of like, how bad do you want it? You know, are you, that was really yeah. uncomfortable for me to go down there and be with people who aren't necessarily like me and they were wonderful. And I met some really great people while I was there because you're, you sit with them forever. Um, but it was uncomfortable the first few times I went for sure, because I don't, you know, we didn't all look alike and yeah. that, while that's fine with me, sometimes it's not fine with them. I mean, you know, it's kind of a, it's, it's very awkward. Um, so, but it was awesome and it was a great experience, frankly, uh, because I actually got some story ideas just from talking to some really, really interesting people. And yeah. So. Well, you know, it's smart too, because um, as writers, we tend to isolate ourselves from the world. And so having a group of people that you can turn to when yeah. you need to, yeah. or just for a having a round. I know there's um, one of the groups, I can't remember which one it is. I know, I they, know. They, and it's like, uh, and I'll find them again, because I, I know the girl, Mary. Mary, which group is this? You can go on, and they go on and Google Hangout while they all write. They don't mm -hmm. talk to each other, they just right. have it open. So right. they feel like there's a connection. I thought that's really smart. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is really, that Mary Mayweather? I'm sorry? Mary Mayweather? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. She was one of my roommates in mm -hmm. Chicago. Yeah. 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 yeah she's awesome. great. I'm, I'm slowly, I'm sure she'll be on the show eventually here. Yeah. I'm slowly getting through all the books and getting yeah. to all the people yeah. um, that I met. And uh, I had um, uh, Anne-Marie, one of my other oh, um, yeah. roommates, She's on great. recently because she does numerology and it's fascinating. And we're doing a follow-up show with um, a girl and I both did the, um, the workbook. Mm -hmm. And uh, I really didn't last very long because I got busy <laughs> with writing and so I'm trying yeah. to get a book out. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Becky went through it and she has all these questions. So we're going to record a bonus show or tack it at the end of another show, depending on how long it is. Yeah. Where, Emery's going to answer Becky's questions and walk her through because Becky is oh, cool. with numerology. So it'd be really interesting. Mm -hmm. Then I get to listen and, and, um, right. And right. watch yeah. all this go, go, go down and such. Right. So, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. We talked about doing it 
on the 20th. I've got a note on my calendar. Um, right. Get everybody together, which is the day that the show will air. So. Right. right. Oh, on so the 20th? We'll on... Yeah, okay. Good. And so, yeah, this, air, this airs on Thursday. So we're recording this a little bit early. I'll be recording everything for a little early because I have plans every day this week. No, so I, I don't, I don't write when my husband is home mm -hmm. um, or has the day off mm -hmm. at all. So um, he has a lot of days off this week. Yeah, there you <laughs> we go. Got, we got plans and I got kids staying with us. So yeah. uh, we got a lot of stuff we're doing. So when I do write, yeah, I'm gone all day long. And yeah. I, you know, go from coffee house to Panera to Denny's at right. night. Right. End up at Den I can end up at Denny's at midnight. And they're really nice. They know me in these places because I go there all the time. Right. They don't bother me. They just bring me more tea, decaf, please, because mm -hmm. it's midnight. Um, but, uh, um, awesome. but yeah, it's, 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 um, yeah, it can be, it can be a very um, isolated life, isolating life. Mm -hmm. So it was very smart of you to mm -hmm. go down to that summit. Have you got any, any uh, other summits you'll be going to this year? As a, as a writer, yeah. not as a speaker. Yes. Uh, well, yeah. yeah, my fall is pretty uh, bull, full. I'm going to Mink, uh, Novelist Inc. It's, uh, it's a professional writing organization. Um, big, it's, I don't know if it's as big as Romance Writers of America, but it's pretty close to that. And um, so there, there are some requirements for Mink. Um, I think you have to hit a certain sales threshold before you can apply and yeah, I think I've heard that. of yeah. them. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I'm going, that's in September. And then in October, I'm going to the Bahamas for a writing retreat with some of the people that I met at the Smarter Artist Summit, um, <laughs> like three years ago or whenever. And we went last year for a week and it was awesome. And so we're gonna go back this year. And then in November, I'm going to the 20 books to 50 K conference. I am speaking there, but I, I'm going. And then uh, I come back, like I leave on Monday, I come back on Thursday and in Houston, the romance author mastermind is that weekend. It's a big romance conference. And I went last year. It was amazing. And so I'm going to do that. So yeah, I have quite a few. I'm, I'm a bit of a conference whore. I like them a lot. <laughs> You know, you pick up so many things. Yeah. You pick yeah. up so well, many. And I'm an extrovert. So for me, it's right up my alley. You know, I love being around people and let's talk. And Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm an yeah. extrovert too. And, and at the end of the summer book show, I was absolutely exhausted because every yeah. time anybody gave it, we had like 10 minutes in between speakers and I raced around the room meeting people and taking pictures and getting, I've got this notebook yeah. full of names. Yeah. And I mean, I was just... Yeah. But when I got on the plane Tuesday morning, I was just slept all the way home. I was yeah. just tired. Yeah, I know. Me too. Me too. But uh, yeah, because I do hit a threshold, but I do like to, you know, I like to meet people. I like to get to know them. And I, you know, I want to not only, um, what's one, like not only glean information, but I like to give information if people, if people are interested. So yeah. 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 Well, that sounds good. That sounds good. So how can people find you? Okay. I am on all the social media platforms, uh, Jamie Albright author, and it's J-A-M-I, no E. So Jamie Albright author. And then uh, I have a reading group, Jamie Albright's Brightons. Uh, that's on Facebook. And then I'm Jamie Albright author on Instagram. And then I have a Twitter, but I, I don't tweet very often. I'll retweet some things, but Twitter to me, people are yelling at me all the time, it feels like, and I just, it's hard for me to keep up. Um, and then my website is www.jamiealbright.com. And pretty much anything you need to know from the books, there are links there, there are descriptions. Uh, I have a sign up for my newsletter if you're interested. Uh, my bio's there. Um, so you can find, that's kind of my hub. And then you can find me on my Amazon page on, on Amazon and on BookBub. Great. And I'll have all those links in the show notes. Mm -hmm. And uh, you said the next book comes out in July? July 18th. July 18th. Ooh. Mm -hmm. I got to write that down just for me. Yeah. Well, everybody else, but also for me, because I want to, I want to make sure I'm all caught up by the time, um, by the time it comes, comes out. Last Bride. 
book. <laughs> Making notes because afterwards, when I look down at that, I will yeah, say, yeah, like, oh, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much You're for coming. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. It's, uh, I recommend everybody drop down to the show notes, take a look at the links, uh, recommend her books. They are so much fun. I read such a variety of things, um, but I try, and before I go to bed, I try not to read anything scary that's stuff. too depressing <laughs> or scary or I can't yes. sleep. Yes. Yeah, and I, yeah. I have very, I have a very vivid imagination. We used to mm -hmm. live in the middle of nowhere and I swear to God, I could imagine we had like a quarter mile driveway. I take the trash mm -hmm. out every, every Sunday night and I never did it till after dark because I was a stupid kid. And every week I imagined Bigfoot and all kinds of, we lived in the mountains, mm -hmm. all kinds of horrible things getting ready to attack me and I could actually see them, you know, mm -hmm. jumping out mm -hmm. at me. So I have a very vivid imagination. So yeah. this has been really wonderful in the evenings to read your books hey. and just, it's nice, it's fun, it's lighthearted. I go to sleep yeah. with a smile on my face. Good. And then I can save the zombies and the, the other yeah, crazy for stuff yeah. for the day of light, you know, yeah. the light of day. The light of day, yeah. <laughs> I know that's how I was when I was reading Outlander. Like I started dreaming about Outlander. And this is a funny story. So I was in my Sunday school, you know, adult Sunday school class and people were asking, you know, for prayer requests. And I kid you not. It was on the tip of my tongue to say, please pray for Jamie and Claire. He's in a bad, he's in a bad place. And then I went, wait, 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 wait. These people don't know Jamie and Oh, <laughs> like, you know, they might have. brain, it was so real to me, but it was that thing I had been reading before I went to bed. I dreamed about it. And then the next morning, I'm like, oh, somebody needs to pray for these people. <laughs> you know, if you had said it, I wonder how many of them would have said, oh, yes, let's pray for them. <laughs> because they watch too. You know, especially with um, something yeah. like Outlander, it may yeah. not be something that people want to admit that they watch. Right, right, right but yeah. that they really do. And you yeah. might've found out who yeah, was a closet exactly. Outlander yeah. fan. Exactly. You know? exactly. <laughs> they come up to me later. I'm already praying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Jamie. You're welcome. Uh, everybody, thank like you. I said, drop down to the show notes and thank you so much. Thank you. Take Bye -bye. care. Bye. Thanks, Jamie. If you enjoyed today's show, do not forget to drop down to the comments and let me know. If you are on the podcast, give us some star love. We haven't gotten much yet. And I know it's easy to forget to do that if you're listening on a podcast, because then you got to go and find your phone or computer or whatever and try to figure out how to do that. But if you can figure it out, I would appreciate it so much. I am also on Instagram under Books Cubed, so you can give me book recommendations there too. So yeah, I'm having a terrible trouble talking this week. Next week on the show, I have got Cecilia Mecca, who's also a best-selling author. We're going to talk vampires and bare-chested men in her Borders series. So come back for that. And in the meantime, go read a good book. Mm -hmm.